0: Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory, always here with you live, 12 to 2 Eastern Time on Red State Talk Radio. Today is February 25th, 2020, and it's Tuesday. And the month is almost out and the wind is picking up and March is going to come in like a lion, as the saying says, and it will go out like a lamb. And we're awaiting the lion, that huge lion, to come out. The roar is rumbling. We're seeing a lot of things coming out to the surface a lot of things about infiltration, a lot of things that will make you question almost everything. And, um, I just wanted to say, I am reaching out today to my <laughs> archivist because my first episode, I was uh, told that the sound was a uh, high and low during, uh, the, um, publication, you know, publishing the first episode. So I'm going to send that to him, uh, this afternoon and hopefully he can make sure that the sound is great. I'm not a sound engineer. God knows I was battling with it all day and it was just not working out for me. So that'll be coming up and then right behind it will be episode three, two. And just to, you know, um, stay along the lines of what I was talking about in that in regards to how this happens, why we are seeing this, how, you know, it it isn't what it seems, how there is this infiltration. See, I wanted you guys to know what infiltration is and understand it. You know, Millie Weaver did a great job yesterday uh, putting out a video on her YouTube channel, um, introducing the idea that, you know, these people, the symbology, I'm just going to tell you, will be their complete downfall. And it's because it's the rule of the game. And you're going to think, what do you mean game? Well, programming. If you want to see it that way, consider it programming. What fails? What's right? These people are cannibalizing themselves. And today on Tori Says Show, today we're going to talk about one such example Uh, You know, and this is why we're having such a delay on unsealing Epstein. There is no need to unseal it just yet because, uh, you know, they're going to start cannibalizing each other. And we'll talk about that today. Now, I wanted to kind of give you a spiel of what I was talking about in episode two, just a little intro so you understand how everything that we're seeing today is happening. Because it's really hard for people to fathom all of these things. They don't understand what is illusion, what is reality, how so much power has been forfeit to these people. And so we're going to, let me just explain to you, infiltration, right, is a process of entering into a field, a situation, or territory, um, slowly like drops or, you know, like rain falling into the soil or coming through into the soil through subterranean avenues. Now, if you think of infiltrators of our nation or a government agency as water, it'll make more sense to you. Think of them as drops. So you have to think how they actually move and maneuver in the area they want to infiltrate. It's kind of like a pot that you have, you know, on your desk, on your windowsill flower pot. You can put water. Now the water as it goes in, it infiltrates the soil. Yes, that's basically what it does. Think of it that way. Well, this is exactly what they do. They enter this domain and they percolate. And move around the area that they infiltrate. It's a very, very intricate process. It requires balance and obedience to sticking to the strict plan and rules. Because sometimes the infiltration happens slowly or it happens with a big rush move during turmoil or storm, right? It just comes in, but it can never be over capacity right? It's kind of like when you're watering your plant. If you put too much water, you're going to see the water. You can't not see the water coming to the surface. Remember, poop floats, right? Kind of like that. So what they do is infiltrators get in there and they percolate. The younger, the better. This is why you never apply for a job to work for these clowns. They recruit you. And they have very specific individuals that they pick. They don't want really smart people. Unless you're a mathematician, right? Or someone that's really good at pattern recognition. (laughs) Then you have to be stupid. Not stupid, stupid. A little bit. You have to be average, but you have to be susceptible to control. So they infiltrate. And it's control, their infiltration rate is controlled by the porosity within the agency. How many spaces are open that they can fill or displace or replace. So how quick this infiltration happens depends on how incognito they wish to go or how they can obfuscate their true intentions. And when they infiltrate, they have to be absorbed by the system that they have penetrated. So it looks like, yo, you know, I belong here. In actuality, if the department agency or nation, you know, that has been infiltrated is controlled by them, it's because of their ability to maneuver and replace to redistribute their power. Now. If for some wild reason, there's some erosion in the territory or a leak or significant change, you know, that's where their bum is bare and they're revealed almost instantly. So that is one main thing that if there's some disruption that happens that they cannot foresee, they're revealed instantly like a leak, like a tarmac meeting or, you know, someone that was hanging with the infiltrator and infiltrated the infiltrator. Or, you know, someone posing as an infiltrator but not really an infiltrator and kind of accidentally leaves, I don't know, a notebook open, you know, drops an SD drive, you know, in, uh, you know, a, uh, a train, um, accidentally leaves their phone with someone, you know, stuff like that. So... Uh, they can be revealed instantly when there are mishaps like that. And you have to understand they're very careful and very thoughtful in their process because when they are at capacity and they cannot infiltrate anymore, that's when they flip. And they want to flip without showing that there's that they're more than what was it just needs to be replaced replaced and this has been going on for almost a century it's like 80 years and then some the replace and you have to understand that in in in 2016 it was that tipping point where they were very close to capacity but errors were made With a plane with cash and tarmac meetings and murders that couldn't be explained, like another one just now. You know, they were careless because they, they thought that they control, they could control the population. But the thing is, what they've realized is you cannot control thought. Individual thought was provoked and fostered by at that time, candidate Donald J. Trump. He sparked thought and objectivity, highlighting the subjectivity that we were subject to. And there the story begins, where people, even though four years into the process of the awakening, resonating on a different frequency, they were ready. They were ready to accept it. They were open. Their receptors were up because it was resonating on another frequency, Now, remember how yesterday on my show, we talked about Malaysia and how I told you that there is panic within the Muslim Brotherhood, which is a faction that has been manufactured for the purpose of weaponization. And now we're going to be seeing a lot more coming out. Mm, Jihadis. Taken out. Like just now, news broke that, you know, some Al Shabaab persons were taken out on February 22nd. You know, those persons have family in Minneapolis and they just happen to be working on Ilhan Omar's campaign you know, runs in the family kind of thing. Like I've been saying, it's not her real name nor her real age. And that'll come, you know, because nobody pays attention to the detail. She got married and she had like a Christian minister. Wait a minute. She's a hijabi wearing person that had cultural marriages, but went to have a Christian marriage with a gay guy just to what? Laugh at religion? Use it as a farce? We're not talking about her first marriage in Somalia, are we? Okay. We'll just leave it at that for now because she was married off at a very young age because, like I said, she did not enter the country as a child. Um, You know, but it's Islamophobia, right? It's so um, horrific. Now, what I want to tell you guys, aside from the infiltration, and, and this we talk about uh, how infiltration happened in the second episode, where I take you down the history path, and we talk about the big three. The big three is a very big deal, and I know a lot of you will probably be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I've heard that before, don't know what that really means, uh, but I know it means something. The big three is a very big deal, you guys. It is one of the biggest farces that have happened on the planet, and you know, as an Argonaut, I can tell you that um, the Big Three was really the the, the crown and sub crowns, and it all started in 1941. Just so you know, and it was all military. <laughs> you have to say, wait, wait, wait a minute, Tori, h- how did the Big Three become military? Well. Believe it or not, the first conference where they decided they knew best was literally called ABC. Again, symbolism will be their downfall. And once that moved along, remember how we talked about how Argentina put Tehran, Iran on the map to um, take uh, uranium and enrich it, you know, in Argentina. Well, the second one that occurred was between two, two. And it was not military this time. It was leaders and it was Roosevelt and Churchill. And they met, you know, by the Riviera, codenamed Riviera, actually. And so they sat there and had a conversation This is, this is it. This is like, these were considered World War II conferences. So these are the leaders that got together that knew best for all of us, for all of us. And the USSR got done over, not from their um, first, well, it was from their first actual conference that happened between Stalin and, Harriman and Churchill, right? Um, And this was more so that they were focusing on North Africa and trying to um, (sighs) prevent Hitler from entering um, Africa from the Mediterranean. This was called Bracelet. And this is so ironic that they call it Bracelet because that was the time that they had solidified bracelets on the Russians, period. They had locked them up and entrenched them in something that they could not foresee. Now, there were many, many times that I have made reference to the French and how, you know, they were like the I want to say the bastard child of the crown. And Charles de Gaulle you know, had participated in such a meeting along with Andre Joa. Um, which were military, right? Which is, uh, he's military, right? And they were supposedly the le resistance against, you know, <laughs> the Nazis. And they met in Morocco talking about the same thing, preventing, uh, you know, um, Hitler coming in and creating allied forces. And then we had the big and first Muslim Brotherhood Conference. Which, according to historians, say that only Churchill and Ismet İnönü met, but in fact, Roosevelt was there too. And so this was called the Yanis Conference in Turkey. This is the first time the Muslim Brotherhood got together and Turkey actually participated in World War II. So... I just am introducing you to timelines so you can understand just when things started to go a little bit different, right? A little bit different because that is when Americans had no idea exactly what was being planned and what was being done. There were many that came after and that were before that created things to prevent this from occurring, but it did not work. We know that, um, the vice president at the time, uh, Nance, uh, he <laughs> was very vocal about what, um, about what Roosevelt was doing. He was very vocal. Remember, he was in for like 12 years, right? 12 years. He was in office March 4th. He got in as president and left April 12th, 1945. I I just wanted to remind people that that the 32nd president was in office until his death And he was the one that revived the Democratic Party or, you know, how people keep saying, oh, it flipped and the Republicans are bad and now the Democrats are good. He's the one that created that implementing this supposed new deal, which now is called the new green deal, which is the hopeful deal. Green is the color of hope. And so he was the one that created the new deal coalition and, um, you know, created this American liberalism and, you know, tried to push forward. And they even had him and held him to the standard of Washington and Lincoln. Now, in the beginning of his run, one would say they'd have to agree. But by the end, He was sold out. He sold his soul to the devil. So I have nothing else to say on that for now. So, these are called the Yalta Conferences. There were three. Um, I go into great detail about that. This this is interesting history that people don't know because the first of supposedly the Yalta Conferences was held in Tehran, Iran, in 1943 between Churchill, uh, Roosevelt, and Stalin. Uh, but in fact, you know, there were... Uh, the first one was actually held only by military personnel, just so you know. So... Why am I telling you this? Because history tells you exactly what's going on today. I know, I, I know many, many times I've said, you know, um, time is every single point. You can literally see the past, what just happened, and what will happen at that moment. And it is a really hard concept for people to understand. You know that if you lift your foot, it's going to go forward. And you knew that where your foot was before you go forward. Think of it as that simple. Now think of trying to pluck a moment in any given time and consider that current. It is very easy. If you can understand how the variables fall in place. And time is going to be coming uh, into um, talks soon. Now, On that, I thought that I wanted to um, kind of see if I have this audio clip that I wanted to share with you guys um, up. Give me a second. Here we go. Just so you understand the role of Iran that's coming up very, very well, it has come up uh, very, very soon. Take a listen. Oh gosh, darn it! Nope, it's not going to work for me. Of course, it's not going to work for me. It's going to give me just the music, no voiceover. See, this is why why I need a very good um, sound editor. Uh, but I really tried. It was I was trying to demonstrate to you the significance of Iran and how they call that the first uh, meeting, the first Yalta meeting. Okay, it is the first Yalta meeting. And so I wanted to demonstrate that to you so you understand it. Now, where are we today? The president made it clear with his presser in India, and from what I know, he's on his way back, and we're locked and loaded, man, because March is coming, and right now all you see is a a little bit of buzz, a little bit of here, a little bit of there, a few jabs, a lot of... Cannibalizing on both sides of the fence. We're seeing a lot of teeth come out and a lot of silence coming from the key player. I mean, no one's talking about Snowden. He's here. Everybody's. Talking about the coronavirus, the cor- the coronavirus, let me tell you something, first of all, is targeted. That's number one. Number two, if the president isn't worried about it, then I'm not worried about it. And you shouldn't be worried about it. Now, a lot of people might say, well, that's what people would be saying under, ap- you know, apocalyptic situations, um, you know, in movies. And they're like going about, you know, watering their lawn and then they all just drop dead or they're incinerated. And it's like, "Mm, yeah, I agree. But there's something else going on in China that you don't seem to understand. And we had played a very big part of it. And I've introduced you to that before. How we helped through these Yalta meetings create the situations they're in now. Now, think. If it was, the coronavirus is highly targeted, And no one's actually died from it in the U.S. And a lot of people have given scrutiny to the president for bringing American citizens here and housing them here to get better here. And that's to better understand if it mutates on genetic codes or if any of our vaccines have indeed created the host situations and vaccines. I'm not talking just flu. I'm talking about you know, DTAP, MMR vaccines, you know, the whole nine yards. Um this is where we're looking at the targets. How many people have had nano insertions on there? What cohorts were actually infected and how were they infected? These are things we want to study because everybody can have the coronavirus. It's in the same class as, you know, that um (laughs) you know viruses you could get (laughs) from other things. It's just a virus you can't inoculate against the virus because it mutates way too fast and it's not able to survive on doorknobs. You know, when people say that, I get so agitated. It's like, dude, it's like RNA. It has no DNA. It can't like float around in the air and land on you or you breathe it in. The only thing, the only way that you can get a virus from the air is someone sneezes. There's, you know, tears, you know, spitting. You know, you touched a doorknob that had saliva on it or something disgusting. That's the only time that you um can transfer a virus it has to be in a host all alone it's dead it needs to be in a host so let's get this clear okay uh because that is the m- basic misconception like i hear a lot of people sometimes saying "Oh, i have a pneumonia it was just like a cold virus now pneumonia is a bacterial infection a chest cold from a virus is just that a virus and viruses um you know, when they infiltrate your cells, your T-cells are pretty capable. It takes them seven days. This is why when you're exhibiting system, s- system symptoms, you're not catchy. It's when you're incubating and you're growing those cells and multiplying, just so you understand. So viruses are pretty easy. Your body can take care of it because they're not uh, ind- independent organisms. They can run rapid around your whole body and the, they're rampant everywhere. But the thing is one, they don't communicate like bacteria do and yes, bacteria communicate. And two, um, there is no medication you can take to stop from something, you know, injecting RNA and replicating. You just can't. Unless you want to mess with genetics and that's what retro, you know, little insertions are being done and that's how you rewrite your code of DNA or you allow people to do so. So that's just one thing I wanted to put out there. The distinction between a virus and a bacteria bacteria actually talk to each other it's through a method called quorum sensing and if you guys want to hear about that because i actually um had visited uh dr bassler's um lab out in at john hopkins over a decade ago uh she's incredible people thought she was crazy and yet there she is the mother of the language of bacteria because they literally talk to each other wow where did the time go I like this. I'll see you guys in a bit. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So Wow, time went really quick. I'm I'm glad and I'm hoping it's making a move for you because as we <laughs> noticed past couple weeks it's been like in tar, like super duper painfully slow. Now, I wanted to talk about cannibalizing. And now the news is breaking, so it's not really news news because I've been working on this for a while myself <clears throat> following uh, you know, the events that have happened. So like I said earlier, we're going to talk about cannibalizing of the right and the left. We're seeing a lot of people come out that you're just like, wait a minute, what side are they really on again? You know, makes you kind of think, right? But what you will see is, is that under the stress of a dangling threat that they will be exposed, so much comes out. Like, a lot comes out. You kind of think like, wait a minute, man, what what is going on here? They're just pulling their own pants down. Like I said, that's the best way to get things done is by making them pull their own pants down. So we're going to talk about that in the second hour because it's pretty big has to do with children, has to do with weaponizing the laws, has to do with Lewis Bacon and how he decided and announced, oh, you know, yeah, totally like I'm closing my legendary hedge fund that totally set up, you know, marilyn like I was a god, but I'm gonna like totally do this and yeah, you know, I was like uh, totally uh, the fundraiser for Mitt Romney, nothing to see here, you know, paid a super back a million dollars to get Jeb Bush, you know, (laughs) elected nothing to see here, I'm the one that told on Nygaard because I wanted justice for these girls. If you believe that, you believe anything because this is the father of violating free speech. This is the guy that took WordPress, the Denver post and Wikimedia foundation to court to demand, to find out all the identities of internet users that have defamed him. No joke, no joke. So, You know, um, this is what's going on. These people are cannibalizing each other because they're neighbors on islands. But we're going to talk about that later because I know everyone's like retweeting this. Oh my gosh, zero head. Dude, this has been in the works for a very long time. Remember, this guy announced that he was closing down his hedge fund, right? Last year, okay? His lawsuits against Nygaard have been happening for a while. This is all just... Like I said, from day one, whenever you joined in, what do I always say? They gotta pull their own pants down, <laughs> you know. It's like, it's like sometimes when someone's like, "Oh, you know," uh, you know, they do something that hinders me, and I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> I can mess stuff up myself. I don't need help." Here, it's like, "Why aren't we helping them?" No, no. It's so amazing to watch them do do it themselves because they tell you these things by themselves, kind of how they tell you that they will, you know, use emergency powers to shut down electricity, you know, and tell people what kind of cars they can build and we can do this. Take a listen. I'm not joking. This is what was actually said in free. (laughs) Well, not free. In the United States of America, the supposed land of the free, well, it's becoming the land of the free under uh, President Trump's leadership. Take a listen.
1: What I'm talking about is the government setting the rules of the road for corporations. I don't wanna buy the car companies. I'm not talking about taking over the electricity system. I'm talking about saying these are the rules that serve the American people. That's what the government does, Chris. We stand, we represent the American people's interest without any compromise, without any conflict. And that's what I'm doing here. We have to deal with this on a crisis basis. But the two points I wanted to make were this. People are talking a lot. I've been doing this for well over a decade. People are talking about environmental justice. I, the way that, the reason we've won all these fights, the reasons that I've been successful in climate, is I start with environmental justice. You want to deal with climate, people think it's a science issue. It's a human issue with a huge racial overtone. The places in this country where people can't breathe without getting asthma, can't drink the water, are black and brown communities. I've been to Flint, Michigan. I've been to Denmark, South Carolina, where you cannot drink the water. The woman who has been leading that fight, Deanna Berry, gets a death threat every day. Yes, so if you wanna get climate right, start with the communities, the environmental justice communities of color as leaders. That's what I've done my whole time. And the second thing is this, this is a huge boon to the United States. We need to rebuild this country in a climate smart way. This is 4.5 million good paying union jobs everywhere. So when people say, oh, you know, we can't afford to do it, the answer is we will be better paid, richer, we'll grow faster at the same time that we build millions of affordable housing units because we need to do that, rebuild roads and bridges, rebuild the grid. This is the biggest job program in American history at good wages. So when we talk about climate, If you don't think I'm right, you should start reading more stuff. I'm not kidding. Natalie's point is the truth. We don't have a choice on this, and everybody, this is a perfect example. Everybody who has a perfect plan they need to get through Congress, let me just say, Congress has never passed a climate bill. Ever.
0: Yeah, that's because climate wasn't on the thing. They've passed the New Deal, which is kind of like the Green New Deal. And that was the industrial push. That was World War II. But let's not get into those details because then those are facts and he looks dumb. So basically what he's saying is he's going to be using his executive emergency powers uh, of the presidency. <laughs> to tell companies how they could generate electricity what kind of cars they could build and what kind of buildings we're going to have because that's what the people want he represents the people and that's how we need to do it and yeah climate change huge you know you're going to tear down power grids and you're going to throw up solars damn that's a lot of work that's a lot of product and that's a lot of people getting to work they need slaves (laughs) that's exactly it because this is the the the utopia they're pushing that's really a dystopia where they put everyone up to that middle class everyone starts working and then it's done once you're done serving your masters and creating the platforms they want for their kingdom you've literally built the wall between you and them and that's when things go down that is history repeating itself again and again yet in this age of resonance uh, you know, they didn't do it fast enough. They relied on the fact that they were smarter and, you know, weren't expecting a reset so quick, but I digress again. So before we get into uh, the whole uh, unseal Epstein, didn't unseal yet kind of scenario, where I'm going to walk you through what's been going on in the background, I want you guys to listen to President Trump's uh, presser today. Uh, he got questions from reporters. Uh, you know, he was he was actually quite good. Acosta showed the world what a clown he is. Um, showed the world, you know, what a tool he is, and uh, you know, just in general, just showed his true face. Showed how CNN really does suck. So let me jump to the nice part of this. Conference.
2: Anything like it? What took place yesterday, and you know, earlier than that but yesterday, they've never seen anything oh, like sorry. it. So it was a great comment. Here we go. It is terrible thing to say and Trump related. Here we go. Uh, the right thing to do is that. Now, as a Supreme Court justice, is a different standard. But at the same time, I think it's a higher standard in a certain sense. So they'll have to decide what to do. But her statement was so inappropriate. When you're a justice of the Supreme Court, and it's almost what she's trying to do, is take the people that do feel a different way and get them to vote uh, the way that she would like them to vote. I just thought it was so inappropriate, such a terrible statement for a Supreme Court justice. What, what was inappropriate about the statement? I'm, I'm not an attorney, so I can't really look How do you into know What it the these, statement but, was, John? Well, was, she seemed to criticize the White House for running to the Supreme Court at the drop of a hat to seek no, a statement. No, I don't think that was it. But I think what she did say is she's trying to shame the way I look at it. She's trying to shame people with perhaps a different view into voting her way. And that's so inappropriate. So let's see what happens. We have things, whether or not they recuse themselves, both. I mean, look, Justice Ginsburg, during my campaign, you know, I protested at the time. She apologized uh, in a very minor form. And what Justice Sotomayor said yesterday was uh, really highly inappropriate and everybody agrees to that virtually everybody I've seen I've seen papers on it people cannot believe that she said it yeah please go ahead
1: Thank You mr president
2: the intelligence community believes that Russia
3: is trying to meddle in the 2020 election do you agree with their assessment and what is your message to Vladimir Putin about potentially interfering regardless of the candidate?
0: they support?
2: Well, you know, what I'm reading, and again, I'm over here for the last number of days, but they went to uh, see uh, Bernie and they told Bernie about something having to do with they want Bernie to win. They did not tell me. Intelligence never told me, and we have a couple of people here that would know very well, they never told me anything about that, and it was sort of a strange thing that they went to Bernie, and now I find out if I believe what I read in some of your documents and some of your papers that it's a highly it was highly exaggerated and frankly i think it's uh, disgraceful and i think it was leaks from the intelligence committee house house version and i think that they leaked it i think probably Schiff leaked it but people within that shift leaked it in my opinion and he shouldn't be leaking things like that that's a terrible thing to do but basically they would like to see Bernie is uh, probably winning and looks like he's winning and he's got a head of steam and they maybe don't want him for obvious reasons so they don't want him so they put out a thing that rushes back in him this is what they do uh, i've gone through it for a long time i get it i get the game better than anybody and uh, that's the way it is terrible thing to say and they didn't say it about me i will say this uh, somebody leaked it in intelligence but nobody ever told me that we have Ambassador O'Brien in the audience someplace, and he can tell you that uh, this was never discussed with us. So I think it's terrible. They ought to stop the leaking from Intelligence Committee. And if they don't stop it, I, I can't imagine that uh, people are not going to go after them and find out what's happening. Yeah, please. But do you believe... Go ahead, ma'am. Mr. President, this is Madhu Bhatia from Indian TV News, ADP News. And you're
0: trying to get a... TV agency in
3: in Afghanistan. So the way the deal is being worked out, what would be India's role and Pakistan's role in the region?
2: Well, I think India would like to see it happen. I spoke with Prime Minister Modi today. I'd much like to see see it happen. And we're uh, pretty close. We'll see what's going on. We've got two days now under our belt without violence or... I guess a minimum of violence. And uh, we'll see what happens, but people want to see it. It's very interesting that one is, everybody's happy about it. Even people that are normally against me, like 99.9% of the time. Because we've been there for 19 years and uh, everybody would like to see it happen. I was actually surprised. I thought the Schumers of the world would say whatever the opposite is, you know, because that's all they can do, cry and chuck. But um, people are really, They're really happy to see that we're trying very hard. You know, we'd bring it down to 8,600, and from there we'll make a decision as to what the final outcome would be. But there's been uh, tremendous praise for the fact that we're doing something. You know, other administrations have tried to do something, in particular the previous administration for a long time. They were never able to get anything done. And uh, we're, uh, we're really serving not as a military force as we are a police force. And we're not a police force. They have to police their own country. We're not a police force. It's like law enforcement. And that's the way it is. So we'd like to, after 19, I can tell you, after 19 years, we'd like to bring our young people back home. Bring them, that's where they want to be. And uh, we'll always have intelligence there. We'll have other things there. But we'd like to bring them, for the most part, we'd like to bring them back home. We want to watch the area. The area is a hotbed of problems and when we bring them home we'll let them know that if something happens we will hit them so hard and we could win that easily if i wanted to kill millions of people i don't want to kill millions of people innocent people we could win that very easily we don't have to act as a police force we could act as a military force to win not a military force to just take care of things in that very very difficult part of the world it's a very difficult part very dangerous part of the world so uh Let's see what happens. So far, so good, so far. But I'm very impressed with the the kind of kudos we're getting. Yes, please. Mr. President, Namaste. I'm Saurabh Shukla, I'm editor-in-chief of News Mobile. If you remember, I interviewed you uh, during your last campaign in New Jersey. And I asked you this question earlier at that time about a Trump doctrine on fighting out Islamic uh, fundamentalism, which you spoke about and you discussed with Prime Minister Modi and uh, you spoke about the Modi Trump doctrine. Uh, So what is your roadmap to fight out uh, Islamic radical terrorism? Well, I don't think anybody's done more than I have. If you look, because I came in and if you uh, check your maps and look at Iraq and Syria, it was all over. In fact, they had it painted a certain color. I won't tell you what color because it doesn't matter. Somebody will say it was a Republican color, so I don't want to get people confused. But it was, it happened to be red, and it was basically trying to show what, where ISIS was in those areas. And it was out of control. And I gave the orders, and we have 100% of the caliphate, we have tens of thousands of people in prisons now. They're being guarded by the Kurds and others. Uh, Europe should take a lot of them back. So far they haven't agreed to do that. They should do that because we did them a big favor. We captured them. And, but I did that. Uh, we killed al-Baghdadi a few months ago. And uh, was uh, is gone. He's no longer putting roadside bombs all over the place. Somebody else may be. But he was the father, the king of the roadside bomb. All of those young people that you see with missing legs and missing legs and arms. I've seen... Right. Every combination, the legs are gone. You go over to Walter Reed. I have to say the doctors at Walter Reed are incredible what they're able to do. Incredible.
0: You know, it makes me feel really bad that he has to constantly tell the world how successful he's been in, you know, um, removing the caliphate and, uh, you know, helping those um Nations that are affected. Uh, India is more with the Muhajin, you know, the the whole Russian jihad part. Um, but it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible what you see and how you see it. Uh, it's um, terrorism is you know nothing but mercenaries uh, that are you know high as bitter goes, and uh, that's how it's done. We see that you know. <laughs> He's constantly having to promote what amazing things he's done. And um, it's, it's terrible because he shouldn't have to. He's a great president. And, you know, he's done so well um, to, for our nation, but for other nations. Now, with India, uh, the GOP in general never took a liking to them. Considering them very poor very low income, and none other than you know your typical rhino had said this uh, months ago when they were asked um. And said, well, they're poor. We don't want to tap into them. Yet they have the population and they have the smarts. These people are not dumb. They're very clever. They're good at technology, good at the sciences, but they're not tapped correctly. And that's because they've been more dominated uh, by the crown. Okay. Uh, That is how, you know... (laughs) how that plays out, basically. Uh, so I'm going to play that clip for you because it was um, quite interesting to hear the rhino say it himself. Take a listen when he was Google asked. Me up.
1: I, me up. I look at China, 1.38 billion. I look at India, 1.33. Mm-hmm. India's not. A- Why are we not doing more to make great deals with India? It's a democracy. We have a lot of people that come over from India to study here. It just seems like a no-brainer and it's a huge population. I think that... Will happen. Um, they haven't obviously been at the forefront
2: for a whole variety of reasons right now. I think, in part, because of all the things he's doing right now, trying to negotiate. I think the next logical candidate is Great Britain. Um, but I think you'll see that happen. It's a big market, well, what's but a, that very I mean? low, very low income level, you know. Right, but, but it's but a big.
0: There's the elitist talking, you know, the guy that walked in with 20 million under his belt, having been governor of the state and the president of the only state run bank corrupt as heck and doubled his net worth to over 50 million within one term as senator. But, you know, they're low income, like whatever. You should just see his face and the way he describes it and go next partner is Great Britain. Yeah, we're going to totally partner with the crown because that's exactly uh, who we need to work with with that corporation has the most property on the planet they control almost everything and we're going to totally fall into line with them because you you know investments and all
1: but, but so was china until we started doing deals with them then we helped their middle class grow and i guess so what happened in history and maybe we don't know this but why did we not focus more on india from the get-go knowing that hey this is a democratic country it's giant
2: I think because of the low income level may be part of it, but I, I, I think you'll
1: see that increasingly. All right, pull me up. I look at China.
0: Huh? Snooty? Much? Mm, Interesting. S- speaking of snooty and shaming them mo- their own selves with their words, let's take a listen to that Acosta clip that's been making Can rounds. You
2: pledge to the American people that you will not. Ex- just wanted to follow up on uh, my colleague's question about Russian interference. Can you pledge to the American people that you will not accept? any foreign assistance in the upcoming election. And on this idea of a purge in your administration, uh, there was recently the departure of your acting DNI, Joseph McGuire, you replaced him with your ambassador to Germany, Rick Grinnell. Uh, Some of your critics have uh, pointed out that Ambassador Grinnell has no intelligence experience. How can you justify to the American people having an acting DNI with no intelligence experience? Okay, first of all, I want no help from any country. And I haven't been given help from any country. And if you see what CNN, your wonderful network, said, uh, I guess they apologized in a way for, didn't they apologize for the fact that they said certain things that weren't true? Tell me, what was their apology yesterday? What did they say? Mr. President, I think our record on delivering the truth is a lot better than yours sometimes, your you don't mind is, me saying. Your, let me tell you about your record. Your record is so big.
0: Dude, he just insulted the president on a global, our record on saying the truth is way better than yours, President Trump. Oh my gosh. Like right then and there, I would be taking his pass. Like what a disgusting statement to make when the whole world is watching you. Spineless and disgusting. It made my stomach turn. You know, everyone's talking about how he made a douche out of himself but that is exactly why he should be ashamed of himself how dare you but cnn yesterday you guys was tweeting what oh you know um the president that was in the wheelchair is the equal health of the president now because president trump's too fat right do you know how much clothing this guy wears how his shirts are bulletproof. Uh, Those are super light. We all know that, right? Super incognito, slim too, slim cut, European slim cut 40, right? Come on. So that's their first one. The second one was like reminding India that he loves burgers, he eats a lot of beef and fillets and he's going to India where they, you know, um, have cows as something sacred. What, you're throwing some shade? Hamburgers or something typical of the United States. No big deal. I channeled my inner Greek and retweeted saying it's okay. They'll cook lamb because this is the level that they've stooped to. They're the ones that have been lying to the U.S., and the world claiming Russia collusion, that walls are closing in, that he was Putin's puppet, that he was this, he was that. And he had the nerve to say that? Mm. Here's the follow.
2: Bad, You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You're probably. I'm not ashamed, not ashamed of anything. In our- probably-
0: Oopsies. Sorry. That was me. Let me... Tell hey, hey, about
2: your record. Your record is so bad, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You I'm not ashamed record. of anything. In our you probably have the worst record ashamed, in the history sir. of broadcasting. As far as uh, uh, McGuire is concerned, he's a terrific guy. But you know, on March 11th, his time ended anyway. So his time came up. So we would have had to, by statute, we would have had to change him anyway. So the well, time your new I have experience I in think, the intelligence yes, field. yes. In fact, we're talking to five different people right now. I think all people that you know, all people that you respect, and I'll make a decision probably over the next week to two weeks. We have some very good people. But uh, Joe McGuire is a very excellent guy, he's a very good man. And his time was March 11th, I believe it was March 11th, where he would have had to leave. Was he pushed out because he wasn't sufficiently loyal to you? No, not at all. Not at all. He was pushed out because, frankly, he wasn't pushed out, he would have had to get out. On March 11th, he would have had to leave. But we're going to be making a decision on dni very shortly thanks sir
0: how disgusting right this is the face of broadcast journalism that's what acosta had to say and let me not get started on journalists with their little blue check marks like i was appalled to see jack posobiec who's supposedly a voice of conservatives to literally take laura loomer and throw her under a bus for what Comparing Laura Loomer to Acosta Actually, actually It should be you compared to Acosta Left and right Because Laura Loomer is Powered by the people For the people And we need more people like that Uh, And I saw a lot of people mentioning Well Cernovich is like Look, Cernovich is in a world of his own I love that guy And I disagree with about 80% of what he has to say, and I still love him. It's being able to be, what is it called? Have tolerance and inclusion, right? I'll see you guys after the break, where we'll talk about this uh, nefarious, satanic, pedo-cannibalism that we're observing. See you all in just a bit. Real News. Welcome back everyone to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host Tory. So, what is it that is really going on is what we're going to parse during the second hour of uh, our Monday through Friday show, 12 to 2 live only on Red State. So what is really to come is what people need to say. And, you know, I've said it boldly through my teeth, through my smile and through my cheek that, you know, specific people have access to certain mm, lenses where they can see things in certain ways and can put things forward in certain ways um, that can tickle one's mind. (laughs) Let's put it this way. So... I want you guys to just before we get into the cannibalism, because we're seeing it, we need to see what they're doing. So, uh, you know, I have a great friend called Mike who we have, you know, discussions all the time. uh, And, you know, this this bizarre. Remember, I said this, this bizarre stuff like even Mueller, you know, when he acted like, uh, you know, all senile. You know, he announced that he was running for Senate when he's running for president. And this is all a show. This is how you get away with, uh, you know, using up people's money that they invested in you and also getting away with going to jail because you're senile and you're nuts. What do we see with Pelosi? Obviously, she's never been able to keep a coherent sentence. She's the last leg of that, you know, facade. she's the one that they sacrificed to put up there looking crazy. And what sucks is is that she got caught red handed in Chinatown. Um, and what's super funny is that, you know, she's there with an interpreter and some person <laughs> as a bodyguard. Uh, and she's telling the news station what she's doing there. And I want you to listen to what she says she's doing there.
4: Uh, Start it with the temple. So that's us yes, we're going to so yeah. Yeah. It's exciting to be here, especially at this time, uh, to be able to be unified with our community. Uh, we want to be vigilant about what uh, might be on a, uh, what is out there in other places. We want to be careful about how we deal with it, but we do want to say to people, come to Chinatown. Here we are. We're, again, careful, safe, and come join us.
0: Come to Chinatown. We're careful, safe, come join us. Like, what is she doing? First of all, what, you know, Chinese spy is she meeting with over. A bowl of, you no fun guy. You no get no yen. You know, this is... (laughs) Have you guys ever been to this site called English.com? I swear it's so funny. It is so funny. English.com. So whenever you're bored, you know how some people just like scroll through things. Like you need to go there and see some signs that have been translated in China. They're transliterated, I guess. And you know r's or the l's are r's so that's even funnier um it's hilarious it's one of my favorite i actually contributed to it it years ago with an old photo of something that was supposed to be um a sign that says to to take your card to the reception desk and the, the, the translation was like take card punch you at erection desk and i was like what picture. And so it was years ago. So it'll be somewhere buried in the back. But why is she in Chinatown? What is she doing there? And why is she speaking as if, oh, you know, it's safe here. What are you planning, Nancy? What are you planning, Nancy? Why are you there? She got busted. So if something comes out of that, we need to be you know, on our toes with that. Because we have the World Health Organization going nuts, spreading panic. Uh, we've got people everywhere spreading panic. Uh, they are moving full speed ahead. They're holding nothing back. And and you have to think like, what? I mean, right now in Tenerife, they, a thousand people are being quarantined in a hotel over the coronavirus fears, okay? Okay. Over the, so it's not being confirmed over the fears. You know, so this is, you know, on that end. Uh, Let me tell you another thing. So we have this massive move going on in Europe that's insane. So Geneva sitting there throwing panic coronavirus, you know, and we have all of these panicking states. Right. And for some reason, the coronavirus has hopped over the countries of like Bulgaria, Greece, Albania. And now Greece is literally fighting off get this, like, you know, a really armed guards. So it's armed police that are like riot police that have been landing on islands to move people so they can make more, you know, camps for these refugees. And they're like, we don't want any more. And, and that was what was incredible that they're, they're bringing like military to push them aside. This is what happens when you want socialism. Like I've been saying it for forever. The minute you forfeit your right as a citizen because, oh, yeah, we want to be Europeans. No, why aren't you proud you're Greek? You invented all this stuff when people were still, you know, when Greeks were eating at restaurants, you know, and had toilet systems in like BC times, you know, the Brits were still picking ticks off each other's in trees, right up in England, they they, they were picking fleas off each other. That's basically what they were doing. So you want to give that up to fall under the crown? Why? Well, when you do that, and you want to dismiss your history—such a long-running history—imagine us Americans that only have a flag that unites us. I'm really proud that we've stuck with it so far. You know, I'm really proud that for a hundred years no one's yielded because you know what? Americans are really—I'm not saying no one else is, but we are really good people. We are innately good because most of the people that are here feel orphaned from the nations they came. And I know that sounds really bad, but your ancestors abandoned their homes and their family to start over. That's a really big move and it's really hard and takes a really big toll. I mean, have you ever tried to start over? God knows. It's really hard. So, You know, that unites us, that pain of wanting to have a better place, I think is embedded through uh, those that came here. I mean, I know my great grandfather from my mother's side had come here with the railway and he was, um, a doctor that was an interpreter. <laughs> Whatever, right? How weird is that? And uh, my other um, grandfather had come here um, as an entrepreneur, um, you know, uh, with import export goods. And then, you know, that's how, you know, they went back and then their kids came here. And, well, m- I mean, my mother didn't. I mean, she. <sighs> She didn't. My great-grandfather came under the command of the king, you know, um, as part of his court to go and assist in the railways that they were doing up in the northern area of the U.S. um, on behalf of the Greek crown. So I'm just saying. Um, My other grandfather was just really good at import-exports. And that kind of uh, rolled through the... I think it stopped... (laughs) Uh, with my late brother uh, on the entrepreneurship. Uh, you know, my dad was a furrier. He he made fur coats. That triggers a lot of people. How could you kill animals for fur? Just the way I kill them to eat them. But anyway, I digress. The point is, what we're seeing is, as people are forfeiting their rights to their history, to their culture, to their nations, they're forfeiting their rights as people to speak. And so... Um, we see that this has consequences. In Greece right now, I have friends from the island of Hios that have gone with me. Oh my gosh, like they're literally bringing, they're throwing chemicals or something on the people that are protesting. I don't know what they are, like airplanes and what is going on? What is Mitsotakis doing? Like, hello, this is Turkey's plan. Okay, build those camps because we need to relieve the pressure off of Turkey because Turkey's about to flip. And Turkey's not going to flip in the nice way. Um, For all of you who are going to watch Millie Weaver's video, and I suggest you do because it kind of lays it out so you understand how the president entered into this presidency but really didn't have power, you'll see that there's a clip. Remember that sarin gas in Syria? Not the hoax that came just a couple years ago, but before that. When General Flynn was the general. Well, you'll notice that the sarin gas was being sold from one country to another, that it clearly states in the in the report that went to Turkey and then to militants. I mean, I don't know how many times I have to say Turkey before people understand that this orphan nation that nobody wants to play with, Arabs don't like them, Muslims don't like them, Europeans don't like them, because they're the Ottomans, like nobody likes them. Let's be honest. I really don't know. I know. Well, no, I do know. I know why there's a relationship between Iran and Turkey. But the Persians themselves, Iranians, loathe Turks because they were taken advantage of by the Ottomans. Okay? They were the ones that were ransacked just like all the other nations. I mean, that's a pseudo nation. It was just a bunch of barbarians that came in and took over many nations and made it their own. This is the core of the Muslim Brotherhood. The weaponization of religion in order to conquer. They're the ones that put scriptures, Arabic scriptures, you could see them in Scotland. This is like real stuff. It's not... Oh, yeah, uh, just, you know, they had taken over the world by weaponizing religion. They know the spiel. They've done it before, but they were tame because that was an experiment that went wrong. You know, they did it with the whole Catholic Church off with your head because the Pope said so. And he's the man of God. So they just used another religion, weaponized that and, you know, went out of hand. So the Queen of Spain was like, "Whoop! Spanish Inquisitions, let's get rid of them all because they've taken over. This has happened before. History repeats itself. I mean, I I don't know how many times we need to, you know, kind of see that. But what we're seeing is, is that these people in the end will indeed cannibalize each other. And they have. And it has started. And it's nowhere close to being done. We have to be patient to allow them to expose themselves. And now the time is here. We see it with the Supreme Court justice. She came out unapologetically and pretty much took a political position that should oust you in a heartbeat. That was provocation that was like so what are you gonna do about it I'm gonna talk my mind I'm gonna say oh yeah because you know what she was trying to do she was trying to coerce those that were probably on the fence that thought well they have insurance on me so I don't know Um, you know she came out being bold saying I don't care if they have insurance on me I'm gonna go down in flames so who's on board with me because if you're on board with this guy we're gonna have issues that's what she did she was provoking President Trump called it out correctly she was there trying to sway others her way that was her goal that was exactly her goal and you know those that don't see it that should be an issue because why else would she come up and take um is it a political position of course it is oh they're just like gop why would you say gop why not say more conservative views why are you saying this? That's the thing. You know, right now, the, the, in politics, locally, like nationally, right? We've got huge things coming down the pop, pop, pop, pop, pop, pop, pipeline, right? Huge things. And, you know, we had Epstein, like Harvey, you know how he chalked his like whole Walker thing after he got slapped on wrist. Now he's suddenly sick and he's in the hospital. Is that to get the sweet because he doesn't want to go into the shoe because he should get the same treatment? Right. Or is he worried that they're going to kill him? I mean, are we going to start this? Harvey Weinstein didn't kill himself. (laughs) No one would really care. But I'm just saying think about it look what's coming down the pipeline scotus (sighs) gate didn't i say it i said the biggest thing is going to be scotus gate what comes out like a random fart at a table sotomayor talking smack told you scotus gate is coming and my birthday is in like oh my gosh it's like oh no it's like around plus or minus three, 10 days. Wow. And mind you, on my birthday, I have to share it with every single woman because it's International Women's Day, right? So it's like, where's the March, the Women's March? Don't they do it around March 8th? That's that's my birthday, by the way. Don't they, don't they do that? Where is it? Have you heard anything about the pink hats? I wonder. Did they run out of money or is Minnie Mike going to check them check? Remember, I said that about SCOTUS because... You know, my glasses, though dirty and old and greasy sometimes, (laughs) um, they can see. And this is as clear as day. Nationally, our politics are going to be tipped on their head. Globally, the markets are flipping like crazy and we have pure panic. And the European Union is making sure to maximize Crisis. This is what they're doing now. They're maximizing a crisis. So we need to just, we wanna, first of all, let me just say it again pray, right? We have to pray, but we also have to be very objective. Because the minute this air that you feel coming, you know, that breeze, you know, that breeze that comes in before the storm, that You know, that it's like at the shore for those of you that are on the coast, you know, where you can smell it before it arrives, right? So we're past the smell part. It's the part where your hair is like kind of really, yeah, it's uh, picking up right now, right? They're going to pick up too. And the fact that Pelosi was in Chinatown tells you how they're picking up. The fact that they're coming out blatant lies and attacks tells you exactly how it's going did you hear how you know um uh now they're condemning how attacking obama is not the way to get your nomination you know how they're putting that forward oh you shouldn't do that you should just focus on this well you know yeah that's true but you know so's mimicking and you know every single time i saw be, peep Butt plug you know, from the minute I saw him, I thought to myself, he reminds me of something. And boy, did I remember today. Okay. The Grinch, right? You know, those Whoville characters with the funky hair, right? His face looks just like he came out of Whoville, like no joke. And it was me a couple weeks ago. Whoa, look, the cadence is this. And except for the, I'm gay, I'm gay. Where's Obama hid that, right? Um e- He's the same. And now people are putting it side to side, which is super interesting, isn't it? Super interesting. People are starting to see. People are starting to understand what is happening. No more can they obfuscate the facts. You know, our Secretary of State yesterday was in South America Specifically what I was talking about about the Yalta, Argentina. Uh, there are a lot of things going on right now uh, with South America where they're being pulled into multiple directions. Not only from the standpoint of the Chinese investment, the Russian investment, whatever, you know, because everyone's going to be always, uh, you know, trying to get their foot in first. But we got stuff going on in the f- in the area of the Falkland Islands that no one's talking about. No one is talking about that area. And it's really important that at some point we do. Uh, But there is a lot of turmoil going on in the uh, South American continent and a lot of pressure coming from the Central American continent pushing south. Uh, So I was glad to see that he was uh, in Argentina Uh, you know, proximity to the Falkland Islands with what's happening and, um, you know, discussing the issues that may be coming south to him. Uh, Now, Mike Pompeo, a lot of people don't like um, at all because they hear him being very firm on Assange, right? I, I get that all the time. But I want people to understand that right now Assange is in a prison in the United Kingdom and the guy can't tie his shoe, let alone say his name without stuttering. And we have his attorney going on attack mode with falsified information, skewed information, manufactured information, whatever type of information to make sure he doesn't leave. We cannot keep him in the United Kingdom because his beautiful mind will be destroyed completely. Again, remember Bradley Manning walked in a guy and he walked out a girl. Now, people will sit there and say, well, the U.S. government had planned to kill him. Yes, they did under Obama. Not under President Trump. Does President Trump strike you as a guy who would sit there and uh, put to death or have someone be put in a situation where they cannot survive it mentally and physically uh, because they're speaking truth? That's not our president, is it? That's not our government. That's not the America today. That's not the Trump America. Let's be honest. It's not. So anyone saying anything different is on the wrong side. It is, it is completely on the wrong side of where we should be standing and how we should be standing in light of Julian Assange's, um, you know, position. Uh, Now they're trying to fight extradition uh, using former, you know, um, former administrations and their responses, all these charges he's facing, which we all know how they are to come. Uh, You know, Assange, just so you understand, in England, he was taken by a guard supposedly and he was handcuffed and uncuffed feet to hands 11 times just going back into his cell and the fact that assange's attorney is saying that the that president trump turned to extortion when you know promising him a pardon didn't work is horrific of course, you would exchange, you know, you would use leverage you have on bona fide textbook kind of gray area, maybe could be espionage charges um, to to make it so that, you know, he provides the information we already have. But we just need to put the source out because we don't want to tell them about we don't need people to know where all the white hats are like that's just shooting ourselves in the foot now um, Yanis Varoufakis um, who I kind of like and I kind of don't um, was on television uh, talking about the Assange trial he's a financier a professor um, of economics uh, he was he had actually pushed to move out of Europe for Greece back in the day and had even pushed um, put in forward to print a new drachma currency um but has gone a little bit weird so here we're going to speak to um verifakis speak to listen to them speaking to verifakis assange's dad and um christopher delois and they're right outside the belmarsh prison take a listen
2: Gentlemen, thank you for coming. Just a, a brief statement, this is young therapist. He's
3: from the end 25. We've just spent the last two hours with Julian. Um, you know, for the life of me, I can't understand why Julian Assange is in jail, having committed no crime. And the family here that he can come and live with, that uh, a bail ought to be given immediately if the extradition order is not jail. Julian had the harassment today. Uh, he goes to court tomorrow and they searched his cell this afternoon, just before he came down to see us. So this plague, malice, that emanates from the Crown Prosecuting Service to Julian Assange must stop immediately. So thank you very much and that nice for the so, I came here to visit my great friend and fighter for fresh Britain, for you folks, you the journalists, because you are on Donald Trump's hit list next night. I came here to give him courage, and I ended up receiving a lot of strength from him. Julian is in a very dark place. You have to publicize this. He's in, a so- in solitary confinement. Today, for instance, he will spend 22 hours of his own in the cell. The only two hours of the 24-hour cycle that he's not going to spend on his own was with us. When he sees people like us today, he doesn't even get the, one, the half hour, the 30 minutes of exercise in an enclosed space. He doesn't even get that. For six months, he's been asking for... As a prisoner, his right to exercise in the gymnasium with the other prisoners. He has been denied that. So, how is he? He's a force of nature. Because I can tell you that I would not be able to even open my mouth and utter a single sentence. His, uh, his mind is working overtime, he's constantly thinking of the merits of the case. Uh, it really does not matter what you and I think about Jeremy Sanjay. He's only being charged with journalism. The only reason why he's in there is because he embarrassed those who committed crimes against humanity, war crimes. People who are out there profiting, not just being free, but profiting, while the person who exposed them, who allowed the international media, the liberal media, to know what happened in Afghanistan, to know what happened in, in Iraq, and that person is now rotting in there. We have to stop this extradition. In the interests of three hundred years of modernity, three hundred years of trying to establish human rights and civil liberties in the West around the world. Thank you.
0: You know what's funny? So Yanis I, you know, he's he's a great mind, great financier. Um, I didn't even know that he knew Assange, so I don't know why he's inserted himself here, uh, but maybe he did. I I highly doubt it, but it, whatever but um we have to take a step back and see that we have three camps here okay we've got the camp which is very very small that's like well you know he shouldn't have published any of that because it's secrets right very small camp on that one okay that's like the obama hillary camp right but see that camp actually falls into a bigger camp which is the liberal media which abides by one rule, which is you are only allowed to publish what they say. So if Assange publishes something about another nation or about someone that's their enemy, it's okay. We don't hate him for that. But if it is that, you know, publishes something about us that's secret, it is a problem and this means war. And he needs to be silenced. If you publish an article that exposes them, you should be silenced and ridiculed or doxxed or put out on blast until you shrivel up into a ball and died. So that is the one camp with the sub camp, right? Then there's the other camp that's like, listen, what he did is 100% journalism and no matter who he published about what he published about it is free speech it's free game yes if he was giving it to it you can't hold him responsible so someone sends me something that's classified or top secret nor home whatever and i'm gonna be held responsible for it why it just landed in my lab you want to find out who it is i don't know it just turned up Under my door, well, let me check the envelope, sure. But me as a journalist will make sure there's no fingerprints or not tell you that I'm going to make sure there's no fingerprints on it because I don't want to give up my sources. And you can't compel me to do so either, regardless if it's a national secret of, you know, this or that. It comes to me fine. So what they're working on is a technicality of discussions that don't even show. Don't even show what they're purporting. We can see that the indictment put together against Assange to bring him here is fluffy. It's super like it has no leg to stand in a U.S. court, which tells you what we want him here to keep him safe. They will. Destroy him. Why else would you have someone in solitary confinement with no exercise? Why would you shackle and reshackle them 11 times? <laughs> that number, that number, 11 times going to your cell and coming back, searching you every single time they unshackle and shackle you. Uh, that number symbology, you guys, 11 times, hand and foot tied. What people don't seem to understand is that they are on the wrong side. Now, a lot of journalists, not the code pink ones that I talked about weeks ago, which just came to fruition, but a lot of journalists believe that, you know, oh no, he should just be free. He's The minute he's let free, he's got a bullet so far in his head, you know, it's gone. It's like in the abyss. Are you kidding? There are so many people that want to take him out, even his own people. So the fact that he has people inserting themselves, going to speak with him to fill his head with rubbish while he is shackled 11 times, going from visitation to his his cell and back tells you everything You need to know if you can read in between the lines. If you read the indictment they put forward trying to extradite him, you can see he would be safe here. And now it is our job in the United Kingdom to convince them so, so they can provide it and say, we are supposed to be working together. You hand him over. And I'm telling you, the longer he is there, the farther gone from being helped he is. The minute he comes here, He's going to be taken care of. He's going to get medical care. He's going to get exercise. He will be in the most secure place. He's not going to be thrown in the shoe. Okay. This guy's going to be taken care of. I mean, we're not going to tell anyone where he's going. We've got a lot of those locations. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we took him to Camp David to go hang out. We just need him safe and to get healthy and better, get good health care. And that's the way we will get to the bottom. He'll stand trial, but the trial will be dismissed because there's no leg to stand on. Again, no leg to stand on. All you have to do is read the indictment. You'll be like, if I was a juror, I'd be like, I don't know. And think about it. Think about what juror would at the trial say, but you were given these documents and exposed really bad things. Go to jail. Remember, here you get tried by your peers or the people, right? Right. Let's just think a little bit. Before we start saying, well, you know, they want this to stop. Just look in the indictment. It's like a joke. I I did a whole thing about it when it came out. And how I said, if he goes to the UK prison, his brain will be jello. And 117 doctors said the same thing. That he is being psychologically abused like no other. Completely. But you know. Uh no one ever, you know, looks at the fine print. They all run with the masses. And how many times do we have to say we're in the news now? We are the news. No one else is the news. We are the news. Nobody else is the news. They can't tell us what to think, how to work, what to do, how to dress, how to eat, what we should be doing. Nothing like that. Now, now we're going to go into a very good example of cannibalism. Okay? They're not like in the literal sense of eating each other, but in the literal sense of they're totally attacking each other. Um, So uh, the story broke that Peter Nygaard had his place like raided by the police, by the FBI, right? Um, And all this stuff was happening and the headquarters of uh, his company were raided. I want you guys to... um, where is it? Inside. I want you guys to listen to the Inside Edition because they built this up. Okay. Inside Edition, a Lefty, Part of the Swamp. I want you to listen to their little spiel on Peter Nygaard. And then we're going to talk about Bacon. Hold on. Let's start this for you. Because this is really to Jeff. This Epstein a- and the island where oh, he's is alleged to have molested young girls. But this case involves a well-known fashion executive. Lisa Guerrero traveled to his Caribbean compound where a number of women claim they were victims of what they call a sex trafficking ring.
4: Peter Nygaard is one of the biggest names in fashion. The billionaire rides in a private jet with his name emblazoned on the fuselage. His flagship store is in Times Square. And he always seems to be surrounded by beautiful young women. Perhaps that explains why the 78-year-old billionaire uses anti-aging treatments to stay incredibly fit for a man his age. Nygaard owns homes all over the world, including this huge estate in the Bahamas, where he's entertained Britain's Prince Andrew. Yes, that's the same British royal linked to the Jeffrey Epstein scandal. Like Epstein, Nygaard has a luxurious compound in the sun-kissed Caribbean. This is the private estate in the Bahamas known as Nygaard Key. Yes, it's named after the fashion tycoon, and why not? He owned it. It has a beachfront mansion with an aquarium, a helipad, and a casino. But now there are allegations that Nygard was using this exotic paradise as a sex trafficking ring.
1: It is the most shocking things I've ever heard.
4: Attorneys Greg Gutzler and Lisa Haba just filed a lawsuit against Nygard on behalf of 10 women identified only as Jane Doe's. HE WOULD TARGET THE WOMEN THAT HE FELT was the most, WERE THE MOST attractive TO HIM, THAT MET THE BODY TYPE HE WAS LOOKING FOR, AND HE USED whatever, for, WHATEVER WAS NEEDED TO MAKE SURE THAT THOSE WOMEN ENDED UP IN HIS BED AND HE WAS ABLE TO HURT THEM. WHEN YOU SAW THESE LATEST ALLEGATIONS, WERE YOU SURPRISED OR NOT? NO, NOT THE LEAST BIT SURPRISED. VICTORIA SARNE SAYS SHE WAS NIGARD'S PERSONAL ASSISTANT FOR A TIME IN THE EARLY 90s. THE GIRLS WOULD COME DOWN IN THE MORNING LOOKING ABSOLUTELY DREADFUL and saying, you know, can you get us out of here? Can you get us out of here? Really? And we say, no, we can't because we didn't bring you in. So you've got to go ask him for your plane ride back. I'm now on the beach in front of Nygaard's private estate here in the Bahamas. And as you can see, as we're watching them, the caretakers are watching us. How long have you worked here? For a while. A while? Are you aware of the allegations that had taken place here with the parties? The estate is filled with Mayan architecture with a dozen cabana-style residences. It looks kind of like an adult Disneyland. These attorneys say that since they filed the lawsuit, additional women have come forward with similar allegations. We are standing behind these survivors who have bravely come forward, put their names on the line, and said that his reign of terror will continue no more.
0: Nygaard has... He's like 70-something. What do you mean continue? It's over. He's got like a foot in the grave and maybe with his money, he's he's bought himself like 10 years. Now we're rounding these clowns up. What about the people that are inheriting those places? So... This is one of the islands. When are we going to go to Sir Branson's island, you know, Mr. Virgin, who took Barack Hussein Obama right after the swearing in of President Trump on a trip to his island, where they've had all these parties together, where they were posing, man spreading on boats and hugging each other in the water, frolicking. When are we going to talk about that island? Are we going to take it island by island? Are we going to drip, drip? Because that's exactly what we're doing. Because this is how torture happens. See, um, what happened between Nygaard was what they say sparked, and they say sparked from like his um, feud between Louis Bacon and himself. Uh, because Louis Bacon was complaining that he was using island for certain things. Now, Louis Bacon stepped down. <laughs> So okay, wait, let's go let's rewind. So Nygaard has been under investigation for the past year. Lewis Bacon stepped down, um, I think it was like November of last year, saying something like, Oh yeah, I'm closing down my, you know, multi management hedge fund company. Um, you know, <laughs> it's a really big round. So wait a minute, listen. So he's shutting down his hedge fund company now that the stock market is berserk and bananas. The last hoorah of this phony fiat currency on a market and he wants to shut it down. More capital management is what it's called. Um, You know, obviously he's got the Remington investment, um, more macro advisor and more global investments, um, also known as MGI to people like the Clintons and Obamas and whatever. And so, you know, he um, and Nygaard have had a lot of fights. And he stepped away from everything um, because he's, he was um, supposedly, you know, tired. I don't know what his excuse lie was, but he, here's how it goes. That supposedly Lewis Bacon ratted out Peter Nygaard for like doing stuff on his island And their neighbors, right? And so their neighbors in the Bahamas, and they've been like in court and online talking smack to each other over property since 2013. So this is all about money, okay? So they've been fighting about money. And so this went like super crazy where they're just getting really big law firms and just paying them crazy money to sue each other and then PR firms to cover up the lawsuits, right? This is just how insanely stupid these guys are. And so um, in 2015, Nygaard said, (laughs) that, yo, Louis Bacon loves some blow. And he had like 50K worth of cocaine sitting in a boat, you know, that washed... (laughs) i'm sorry i'm so sorry so uh uh, you know a whole thing of floating cocaine (laughs) floated up to the shore um you know because it was his and you know then bacon was so pissed (laughs) he was like you're defaming me i'm gonna sue you and then he said that he was part of the kkk like this was like nastiness on another level and so these two guys, both in the same insurance, they both running with the same insurance hanging over their head, were fighting against each other in courts in New York and L.A., um, you know, uh, sending plants into their companies and doing all this stuff and all this garbage. I mean, um, the Bahamas Supreme Court actually sentenced Nygaard to, like, Prison time, and find him one hundred fifty thousand dollars because he stole confidential emails from a bacon-sponsored environmental group. Do you want to guess what that environmental group is that he sponsored? I should leave that for another time, right? I should. So, um, what people need to understand is is that at some point. When the heat is actually cranked up, these people bust. And you'll say, well, in 2013, they started fighting. Yeah, they started fighting about territory, peeing on each other's tree, more this, more that. It was all that. But right now, it had been climaxed in 2016. That's where it took a turn to a different direction where it went moving more forward, right? That is what people need to take a look. Now he stepped down from his company. This guy's company's being raided. We still have Harvey Weinstein in the hospital now because he's apparently super sick. And, you know, Nygaard and Bacon are still fighting even though one of them is put together. I mean, come on, you guys, these people are going to eat each other up. All you have to do is dangle the bait and these people will cannibalize each other. They will go after each other. They will expose the other person in hopes that no one's going to look at this hand. So you don't look it over here. That is how they do it. Look, uh, b- let's talk about Bacon. Okay. He was, uh, you know, Romney's fundraiser. He donated a million dollars to the Jeb Bush Foundation. Wonder if Jeb went to the island. He's done so much in England, too, like participating in things in England, too. Really good friends with Prince Andrew, too. (laughs) Just saying. And, you know, he is the guy that, like I told you, um, had filed a complaint in U.S. federal court saying that... um, uh, not not here, in, in England, because he couldn't do it here, to get names of people that had written stuff about him. You know, this guy isn't clean either. These are, e- they're eating each other up and you have to think, why are they all going after each other? Why have they decided to do this? Where is it going? Obfuscation? Or is it just giving us the more prominent ones? Because there's a I think we have Giseline Maxwell hanging out, huh? That's a pedigree that people aren't talking about. No one's talking about it. You know, we have heiresses going down, going down. You know, Operation Varsity Blues, where they were talking about, you know, Felicity Huffman and the rest of them, right? Well, you know, you know, those hot pockets, that chick's going down. She's going to be sentenced to it. You know, um, they had that. She pled guilty for being involved in varsity blues. Hot pocket heiress. Do you know how many of these people are going down? This is how you do it. You put a little bit of a strangle and they flip. They flipped to save their butts because they don't want to be like Jeffrey Epstein, who didn't want to eat at restaurants because he didn't know what was being fed to him that was sitting in a cell with big fat roaches going across. He didn't feel like he had to want to, you know, he didn't like the fact that he had a squat in a corner. Yet when he had children and women squatting in corners, it was okay. These people are going to get exactly what they deserve, but the thing that you have to do when something is so deep-rooted and so far into it that you need to let them expose themselves. You can't just lay it all out. You can't just mass arrest them. You have to let it come out. I mean, look at the pictures. Be honest with me, guys. I'm pretty sure some of you saw those pictures being circulated where Pelosi and Adam Schiff are hanging out with Juicy Smollett, the French actor, Jussie Smollett, the loser the fake oh you know uh, maga country bleach and stuff yeah that guy tell me be honest with me tell me that adam schiff didn't look like a real creep with his little rainbow t-shirt on that picture gave me the heebie-jeebies like he looked creepy as anything in that and totally was similar to the pictures that (laughs) that people are like oh those are fake Totally. Totally similarities. I don't care. Totally. So what we need to get prepared for is the cannibalization that you're going to be seeing happening right in front of your eyes. They're all going after each other. They're all attacking each other. They're all going to give each other up. Now... How are we seeing this? We're seeing people being exposed for who they are. And this really sucks because I feel bad for some of them because some of them don't even realize that they've been made. And again, it's not about made. It's about methods, right? But we're seeing that there's people that were prominent voices attacking other prominent voices, because remember, you're going to have to say, well, Tori, you know, if someone, you know, these two people are attacking. Yeah, I've been attacked so many times with such BS stuff like, oh, you did this. And it's like, yo, it's not mine. Like, shut up. Like, I own my stuff. (laughs) It's like, no. But, you know, then people fracture off. Nope. Totally, totally, totally. And it's like, who are you going to believe? That person? that spits vitriol or or me if you think that you're going to question me on vitriol person then go ahead but here we have more prominent voices because i'm not considered prominent right going after each other and people are i i know that i've had so many conversations with various journalists and patriots and i was like yeah you know so don't you know what you look at is the way they come off right what are they saying How, what is their tone what are they talking about when you see someone talking about infatuation with like murder uh you know propping up code pink because we said this two weeks ago i told you this was coming um you know you see what their interests are then you have an idea of who they are they, they, they're not lying to you they're telling you exactly who you who they are right by showing you their likes, dislikes. Oh, I like this. Oh, I don't like this. Right. Then when you have journalists that are stealing other people's work, like I remember once, you know, so stole a story that was Laura Loomers. And I was sitting there telling her, dude, you were working on this with me yesterday where you were bouncing ideas off of me Well, then She's like, Oh, it always happens. Why would anyone consider them a person of integrity? There's little things that we all need to be paying attention to when, when I say, watch who you get your news from and your information from, don't say watch with your eyes, say watch with your heart and what tells you is right. You know, what tells you is correct. How does it feel to you when they're talking, when they're tweeting, when they're what, what, what, what, you know. How does it resonate with you? Remember, resonation, you know, how you meet someone in five seconds, you like them or you don't like them, right? Same thing. How does it resonate to you? Because this is going to become very, very important as we move forward. Because between now and the start of SCOTUSgate, all the way up to May, when it really pops, May 5th, 5-5, I think it should be the real kicker of SCOTUSgate, you are going to see a lot of this. A lot of, you shouldn't be talking, you're this, a lot of doxing, and we should stand by it. I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, so there was like this challenge going around the United States where people were making really dark, you know, humor jokes, you know, like the ones where they're really, really bad. Like I can't even repeat it on air, but you know, they're so bad, but they're funny, but they're super bad. It's like me and, you know, making fun of the fact that the Chinese can't pronounce the L, you know, the R, right? They can't say English. They say English, right? No big deal. It's normal. Kind of how I say that the the N train in New York smells like rice. How I order my coffee Puerto Rican. It's not like I'm racist. I'm picking fun how Greeks are hairy, you know. That's okay. You know, that's totally okay. But we're talking, this is going to be This is, let me, me, so let me go back to this challenge so you understand where I'm coming from. So there was this challenge where there was like a prom thing that says, oh, you know, if I were black, um, I would be picking cotton, but instead I'm picking you totally racist, totally not tasteful. Um, I didn't find it funny um, only because, you know, we're slaves now too. And just because we're not picking cotton, but instead we're paying taxes doesn't resonate funny. But I could see how someone that has a lower kind of, you know, IQ-ish type may find that hilarious. But on the other hand, I don't find it... I don't find it offensive. I just find it bad in taste, right? Cause a lot of people could get offended with a lot of stuff. I say, um, bad taste. They might say in their eyes, whatever, but this one was bad taste. So what I saw, okay, so it happened in Texas, happened in Ohio, not a big deal. Dude, in the state of North Dakota, there's this chick that works with kids. Like I am formulating a document to just send to them. Cause I'm so pissed. So children did this children, she took pictures off their social media that she got off of some other kid, an adult, an adult, right, that believes that all of us should have free stuff and there's nothing free. And just like Seth Dillon of Babylon B tweeted out today, they should get in trouble for misadvertising because it's not free. It's paid by taxpayer dollars. So here's what this adult did. They took these children's photos, right, and put them on blast on social media, Completely. Comments were disgusting, doxing kids, saying where they live. And when they come from a place like Devil's Lake, where you got like 3,000 people and it's super easy to find one high school that's also a junior high, that's also an elementary school, that has like 20 kids, right, in a class, that's putting a target on a child's back. So not only did they circulate their faces nationwide, But they were calling them racist, telling people where they live, they're from here, they did this, they did that. You know, as an adult, if you don't agree with something a child does, right? One, if there's no immediate danger or threat, you go to the school or you try to contact the parents. This clown, this POS of an adult, if you want to call it. That supposedly works with kids and after this I believe that she should be terminated and she should not be allowed to work with children because she had no problem criminally harassing children. That is one thing that should never be done criminally harassing children putting them on blast so much that the local media which is (laughs) soon my pretty um, there started blasting them too. And it's like, all right, these kids messed up their kids. Now this is going to be forever on the internet. That's going to bite them in the butt 20 years from now because your stupid libtard tush couldn't sit there and make one phone call because I could find their parents phone with one phone call, one search, one DM. Instead you blast them and put them on media and start sending it to New York Times. They were smarter though. They didn't put their faces on. I was shocked that there are adults like that but that is the ugly that we are up against you guys that is the ugly that you're going to be seeing coming out with full force full force children are fair game why because they don't respect life why because children are nothing but a commodity and this will be coming out and you can see it in society when they don't have boundaries no boundaries No boundaries whatsoever. They will weaponize a child's mistake, a child's, you know, victim, right? They will weaponize it against people. If I was those parents, I would be suing the crap out of that woman. And, you know, I don't know if anyone is going to do it, but you know I am. I have screenshots and everything of what she did. She should not be working with children and specifically children that are supposedly trying to figure out a way to get back into the public life and be independent. Shame on them and shame on her. I'll see you all tomorrow, same time, same place. For me, it's a big day tomorrow, so crossing fingers. Have a wonderful evening. God bless from all of us here at Red State Talk Radio.